0: Let me tell you why I chose Anchor to host my podcast. First, it's free. It's one of the few hosts I found that really is free. They have all the tools that you need. You can make your podcast on a computer or you can download their free app and make edits and uploads straight from your phone. So, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, I say download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. You have just entered Liberty Lighthouse, where we cut through the fog with common sense and logic. Coming to you from Pennsylvania, the state of independence. Here he is, U.S. Navy veteran, author of the book, Progress, Really? And your freedom-loving host, Peter Serafine. Hi, welcome to Liberty Lighthouse. I am your host, Peter Serafine. Find me on social media at seraphine, and please check out liberty-lighthouse.com. Love to hear you leave a message for the show that I can use later on the next episode. So we are here today to talk about freedom of speech, specifically some of the attacks to our freedom of speech that I have noticed in our news lately. I'm going to start with the First Amendment and what speech can be restricted a little bit about the role that social media plays in freedom of speech and then the rights of elected officials in regards to freedom of speech and then the orwellian thought police of 1984 so let's cut some fog with some common sense and start out by reading the first amendment congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. There's a whole lot in that First Amendment. I personally think the First Amendment is the most important amendment to our Constitution, I think the freedom of speech is exactly what makes us, the United States, what makes us free. I don't think any other government, any other country on the planet has a constitution that guarantees their right to speak out and specifically to speak out against our own government if we so choose. Now, there's a lot to the First Amendment. Not going to talk about a religion, whether it's the freedom of the religion or the establishment of religion. I'm not going to talk about those today today. we're only talking about the freedom of speech, and that portion of the second minute says or abridging the freedom of speech. It's pretty clear, pretty straightforward, not a whole lot of ambiguity there now of course, there are a few exceptions to freedom of speech there are a few things that you're not allowed to say we all know the you can't yell fire in a crowded room sort of thing Um, but what can be restricted uh, falls into a few categories obscenity fraud it makes sense you can't openly make fraudulent statements child pornography specifically child pornography not just pornography in general Speech integral to something illegal. You can't have a conversation about illegal acts that you're going to do. (laughs) Speech that incites lawlessness. Speech that violates intellectual property laws. Uh, True threats and commercial speech like advertising. Those are the categories of, of speech that are regulated or can be regulated. Important to note, it does not say hate speech. Hate speech is not something that can be legally regulated as long as it doesn't break any of those other rules, such as obscenity or uh, inciting lawlessness. Hate speech is free speech. As much as, as uncomfortable as it may make us, as much as we might not like it, hate speech is protected speech. I actually wrote a blog post just on that topic uh, several weeks, if not a month or more ago, and it was just that we have to protect hate speech. The, the bigots and the KKK, and they, they have the right to speak, whether we like them or not. I'm sure we'll get back to that later. Let's talk about the role of social media. I hear a lot of people on the right, the conservative side things, say that Facebook and Twitter uh, throttle their pages, and I even felt like they've done that to my work sometimes. Those on the right feel that Facebook and Twitter and social media sites have a strong left-leaning and therefore are trying to cut back on those of us on the right and being able to get our message out. Well, okay. Maybe that's true. Should they do that? Maybe, maybe not. Are they allowed to do that? Absolutely they are. They are private companies. Private companies have the same rights of free speech that we do. If they don't like what you say, they can take it down. It's a private company. The First Amendment says that the government can't abridge freedom of speech. Facebook and Twitter aren't the government. You don't like Facebook and Twitter? Don't use them. Big applause. Big kudos to a new friend of mine, Eric Thompson. Eric Thompson is the founder and owner of Magabook.com. And there's a whole bunch of people like Eric Thompson out there who are fed up with what they feel as restrictions to the their speech on social media platforms so they've gone out and created their own social media platforms i've heard of a whole bunch of them the only one i'm on is the magabook.com i recommend magabook if you feel like your voice is getting restricted by facebook and twitter and the other mainstream social media sites a little fair warning to you so far, most of the users on there do lean pretty heavily to the conservative side. Uh, there is no restriction on the more liberal side, and that's what makes uh, Eric Thompson's idea great. Is that in the event that the government wants to to regulate what he what what he's putting up or wants to regulate Magabook.com in any way, he'll just shut the site down rather than to do that. So Eric Thompson and others like him didn't like what was happening with free speech on Facebook and Twitter and the mainstream social media sites and have gone out to create their own. Big, big applause to them. So quick summary on the social media thing. Uh, Social media is not the government. The government can't restrict what you say, but social media can if they want to. They have the same rights of free speech that we do. If you don't like them, don't use them find someplace else to go. If this is a conversation that you might like to continue, please leave me a message at liberty-lighthouse.com or anchor.fm slash lighthouse Leave a voice message and we can continue this conversation another time. Moving on, let's talk about the rights of elected officials a little bit. Of course, our elected officials are people just like us, and therefore they have the same rights of free speech that we do. However, I've seen a couple of examples of our elected officials exercising their right to free speech in ways where they're encouraging the restriction of other people's right to free speech. Now, as a regular old private citizen, you can say that you don't like somebody or they should be silenced, all you want to say. But once you become an elected official, I personally don't think you should do that anymore. Uh, Two of the examples that I can think of off the top of my head is uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, current sitting elected senator of the United States and current presidential candidate Bernie Sanders, has been requesting that television channels and TV programs not have Rudy Giuliani on their shows. Now, Rudy Giuliani is a private citizen just like Senator Bernie Sanders, so they both have the right to free speech. Now, they're both public figures. I personally think it's just reprehensible that any public official would advocate for the restriction of freedom of speech of any other private citizen or public official. I think it's just wrong. Is it legally wrong? Maybe not. Morally wrong. In my book, it certainly is. Another example of that was involving President Trump. Hillary Clinton has said repeatedly that she thinks that Trump's account should be closed. Um, Kamala Harris took that a step further. Kamala Harris wrote a four-page official letter to the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey. Really? Kamala Harris, an elected official, sent a four-page letter to asking that the U.S. president's Twitter account be shut down. Again, is she legally allowed to do that? I guess so. Is it right? I don't think so. I think it's a huge red flag when any elected official starts advocating for somebody else's rights to be taken away. No matter who that somebody else is, I don't care if you like Donald Trump or not. I think it's a horrible, horrible idea for an elected official to be advocating to restrict his voice. Period. Like him or not. Irrelevant to me. This is blatantly and obviously a political move. Because so many people hate President Donald Trump. I, again, I don't care if you like him or not. You can't take away his, his biggest platform or his preferred platform of his free speech. That's just wrong. That is corrupt. I would be completely surprised if CEO were to shut down at real Donald Trump. Um, however, they would be completely within their rights to do so. They shouldn't, but they can. They're not the government. Okay, so in summary of this little bit here about the rights of elected officials. Elected officials have the same right of free speech that you and I have. You should have some better sense before they decide that they want to use their pulpit to restrict the free speech of anyone else. To me, the huge red flag That if they're willing to do that, they're willing to take anybody's rights away just because they don't like them. I'm absolutely sure that I missed some examples of uh, free speech and elected officials. Again, uh, liberty-lighthouse.com. Leave me a voice message. Tell me about the ones I missed that would fit in here. And I'll play them on the next show. Okay. I'm going to take a little break. Be back in about 30 seconds. When I come back, we're going to talk about over-the-top political correctness and how close that is to the Orwellian thought to police. Be right back. Are you fed up with progressive society? I'm Peter Seraphine and my frustration led me to write a short book titled Progress, Really? Progress, Really, is about the past, current, and future state of American culture, government, and social standing. I urge every liberty-loving American to visit my website, seraphine.com, and order a copy. Give progress, really, a quick read and some serious thought. That was seraphine.com. S-E-R-E-F-I-N-E dot com. Order your copy today. Okay, so welcome back. Um, your host, Peter Seraphine at P. Seraphine on social media. Check out the show's site at liberty-lighthouse.com. For this second segment, I'm joined by my 15-year-old boy, Jack. Say hi, Jack. Hi! <laughs> That's cute. All right, so, uh, as I promised, we're going to talk a little bit about the Orwellian Thought Police. So, my opinion is that the, the political correctness that has gone just completely overboard today is, is really approaching the level of the Orwellian Thought Police from George Orwell's 1984 uh, it's it's become absolutely ridiculous. Uh, there are cities and uh, municipalities out there that are now removing man as a prefix or suffix from anything just for the sake of gender inclusivity. So for example, a manhole is now being called a utility hole in these municipalities. Jack, you're shaking your head. Why why are you shaking your head like that?
1: So stupid.
0: <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, not only is it a silly thing to do, um, but it's a tremendous waste of, of taxpayer money. And if I were a taxpayer in one of those little towns, or one of those towns, I don't know how little they are, I would just be outraged that they're wasting time and money on such a, such a thing. Okay, so the the political correctness has is, is gone off the rails, in my opinion. Um, let's talk about the whole preferred pronoun use. So, you're allowed to choose what gender you are now. Jack, what gender identity have you chosen today? Toaster. You're going to be a toaster (laughs) today. Okay, I'm not sure what pronoun to use for a toaster. So, if it's okay with you, I'm still going to refer to you in the masculine form and and say he, okay? Okay. Okay. Now, you get to pick that you're a toaster. You get to pick what pronoun to use. And everybody around you has to use the pronoun of your choice. Now, I'm not suggesting that we go around using pronouns just to irritate people, but you demanding that I use a pronoun that obviously does not fit your your physical being is a violation of my free speech. You can ask. And as long as you're not mean about it, I might comply, but you cannot demand it, in my humble opinion. Does that make sense, Jack? Yeah. Okay. Well, in the United Kingdom, June of 2018, a doctor who was uh, examining a biologically male patient was later fired because the doctor refused to refer to this patient as a she. I wrote about this in my book a little bit. I think I said in the book something to the effect of there's going to come a time when a doctor's going to get sued because he was examining a male patient and said, sir. Anyway, so a a doctor's been fired for not using the right pronoun. Now, it was a doctor in the United Kingdom, so not somebody here in the United States. So why should we care? That's for you. No,
1: it's... uh, It's like a different country, very far away. Yeah, we don't really want to care about it, because we're not going to be, like, taking it over or anything like that anytime soon, so...
0: So So, because we're not going to invade England, we shouldn't care what they do with their whole gender identity, pronoun, use stuff? Yeah. Well, would you be surprised if I told you that six months after that doctor was fired in the United Kingdom that a teacher in the United States here in Virginia was fired for the same thing? A teacher in the United States was fired because they refused to use a chosen pronoun rather than the pronoun that should apply to the person's biological gender.
1: Not that surprised. I feel like there's going to be a lot of arrests for a year or two for this.
0: So you think it's it's just gonna be a whole lot of people getting fired over silly news, or
1: silly stuff, yeah, okay,
0: kind of along the same general guidelines here you were recently at Boy Scout World Jamboree, yeah, I never got to go to World Jamboree, but you had an interesting story to tell about it when you got back uh about orientation and
1: oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it was quite weird so you were not allowed to have sex with anybody there but when you went to the health lodge or the health tent or anything like that they were handing out free condoms
0: so For- no no sex regardless of your <laughs> sexual preference oh but here have some free condoms yeah it was <laughs> quite weird okay That was a little off topic, but I just wanted to share. Not exactly uh, uh, along the lines of pronoun use where we were there, but uh, I thought it valuable. Anyway, so uh, moving along, uh, let's see, we wrapped up with pronoun use, I believe. Uh, Now, you know what I just heard recently? New York City has now decided that it is illegal to call someone an illegal alien. And you can be fined up to $250,000 if you call somebody an illegal alien out of spite or anger, malice. I don't remember their exact verbiage. But so, basically, New York City has made it a crime to insult someone, quote, Mm -hmm. insult someone, by using a real definable term that really isn't an insult, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what's the definition of an illegal alien? Uh, Well, Webster says that it is, quote, a foreign national who is living without official authorization in a country which they are not a citizen, end quote. Okay. So, I mean, to my knowledge, that's the first time in our country's history where a uh, any government has made it an honest-to-goodness, punishable crime for using a dictionary-definable term as an insult. In my opinion, that, that brings brings us right into George Orwell's 1984 territory. We are now living in the Orwellian state. The government is now dictating our words, and that is what he referred to as the thought police. They're here. They aren't. They may not have taken over in every town or city or jurisdiction yet, but they are here. If I had to put it on a timeline, 1984 being the year of the book, I would say that we're about 1982 headed in that direction. <laughs> have you read 1984 yet, Jack? No. That's a shame. You need to read that one. I personally think that every American needs to read that book. I think it is an amazing depiction of just what progress is doing to us as a country and where we are headed. The Orwellian state is not someplace that we want to be. It is not where we want to live. We don't want Big Brother over our shoulder every time we turn around. We have to put a stop to this. Freedom of speech is what makes us free U.S. citizens, and we must call out any time we see anybody infringing on freedom of speech at all. Every time, all the time. So if you don't like a social media platform, don't use it. There are plenty out there. Find one that doesn't restrict your, your speech. If an elected official is calling to restrict anybody's speech, that elected official is never going to get my vote. We need to keep them as far away from government office as possible. And the Orwellian Thought Police must be stopped. We cannot live in George Orwell's 1984. That's all I have for today. Thank you very much for stopping in at the Liberty Lighthouse. Please find me on social media at P. Seraphine. Check out liberty-lighthouse.com and anchor.fm slash lighthouse Leave me voice messages. Tell me what I missed. Tell me if you agree with me or disagree with me. I'll get your voice on the the next episode at Liberty Lighthouse. Protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America.